Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this is going to be a fun show, but there's a lot to get to. And, man, I hate starting the show with something depressing. But, David, you had a piece of audio you wanted to play, and this will stop just what you're thinking about and put things in perspective in a hurry. Yeah, well, right now police officers are under assault because in major liberal cities, uh, they've been demonized to the point where, one, they can't do their jobs effectively, and two, it's open season on them because of pro-crime policies. And where we're seeing this play out is in New York City, among others, but NYPD officer Jason Rivera, he was, uh, we talked about him earlier this week, he was murdered while responding to a domestic disturbance. His public memorial service was held today. The funeral was held today, I should say. Uh, his widow, Dominique uh, Luziraga spoke today and went after the pro-crime policies in the city, especially the new DA, who has sent the message he's not going to prosecute a whole lot of violent crime. Here it is. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. Because she was given a whole message about what the last conversation she had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the last conversation they had, they were uh, in a fight. They were arguing about something. Um, and then as she was going on her way, she decided to take an Uber, and he says, do you really want this to be our last conversation? Something to that effect. And it wound up being their last conversation. Yeesh. Man, oh, man. Like if something were to happen to me. Yeah. This might be the last time I could give you a ride or something like that. You know, it is interesting that we sit here on a day like this, and we use the words pro-crime district attorney in the same sentence. Yeah. Who would have ever thought in their wildest dreams there would be a pro-crime district attorney? It's maddening. That in of itself is insanity. It really is. I'm the district attorney. I'm very pro-crime. Right. Golly. Hi, I'm the fire chief. I'm pro-pyro. <laughs> Pretty much. It's nuts. I'm trying to keep control right now. I it know you so are. Angry. I know. Yeah, I know. You... And Soros puts all these people in these positions. Okay, all part of destroying the country. And the left is doing everything possible to facilitate it. And people are getting killed. We have no law and order in a lot of our big cities. And one of the worst things to me is that there are so many good people that feel helpless in that. Like you see the reports of people flooding through the southern border getting flown to cities all across the country. And we're paying for it. And there's nothing we can do about it. All you can do is talk about, well, we're going to have to vote them out of office. 
you see crime like this. You see innocent people getting killed. And a lot of times media just doesn't pay attention to it. I mean, atrocities all over the place. And losing the fabric of the country. And I know that's been warned about for years. We're watching it happen. And so many people feel helpless. It's frustrating. It's interesting. It's got to stop. You talked about voting him out of office. Um, and I always thought this was fertile ground if you were going after incumbents. Um, and there is a guy in Illinois now. A, a, he's, a, he's an African-American guy. He's running as a Republican. And his only TV commercial is all about this stuff stops now if I'm elected. He was the mayor of Decatur, Illinois. And, and, he, and he's saying this, is a small town. this stuff I can't be allowed to happen. Don't come to my town. If you come to my town, I'm coming for you. And that's his spot. And I'm like, that's very effective. It is. It's but very it'll have effective. Probably no chance of winning. Probably not. But and I thought, well, at least he's making it a political issue. I understand. You know. I understand. That he's saying the party in charge is the one responsible for this. Yes, but it's so difficult when you have the tech companies and the media, you know, all corrupt, all after left-leaning ideologies that don't care. I don't know if you happen to see Biden as supposed to be going to New York to talk about gun laws. Yeah. This isn't about gun laws. Of course not. You jackass. This no. has nothing to do with that. No. Gun laws, no. getting illegal guns off the streets. we got to deal with the people doing the crimes, you dope. Okay, now you got me. I've been drinking out of your mug. Sorry. I'm remaining calm. I, I just, mm-hmm. it made me, when I, I, I'm, again, you could never watch news with me on TV because I yell at the TV set. Joe Biden is on his way to New York City to talk about gun crimes. Well, what? Yeah, in the case of this murdered police officer, yeah. there's been a lot of talk about that because the guy did have an extended magazine, got the drum on it and everything. So it, it had like 40 rounds. In right. It. And they're like, well, see, we clearly have to exactly. do more in restricting guns, except that gun was stolen in exactly. Baltimore five years ago. Yes. So, yes. So no, I know. I, I, it's the same thing all the time. You know, it's like uh, the shootout in Houston, your hometown yesterday, yeah. David. Yeah. Golly. Multiple cops injured. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all over the place. Sooner or later, people are going to rise up and say, we're not doing this anymore. That's what it's going to have to come down to. All right, let's switch gears. Let's go to this huge story about Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know, maybe it is of some sort of huge importance to the United States. It seems to me like there's so many other things going on right now. Yeah, pay attention to it, but this is some sort of crisis. Yeah. yeah I've heard different people say, it's World War Three. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay, really? Okay. So we had a bit of a story going on yesterday in that there was cleanup from the White House, and it seemed like the media was coordinated with the White House on messaging, David. Yeah, it's very interesting because the message over here in terms of Russia preparing to invade Ukraine seems to be miles apart from what people in Ukraine are saying, which is which is pretty interesting. And, and so there was a minor controversy here because Joe Biden basically said, to the pre- President Zelensky in, in Ukraine, said, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, get ready, hold on to your butts, because Russia's coming and you're about to be under occupation. <laughs> okay. And they're, and they're trying to scrub this now. CNN initially reported this, uh, and they're quietly kind of taking down a lot of the information that they were putting out feverishly yesterday. 
Yeah, because later on the White House say, no, the call went great. Yeah. It's really good. But yesterday... We have breaking news for you in our world lead. A senior Ukrainian official tells CNN that today's phone call between President Biden and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, quote, did not go well. CNN's Matthew Chance joins us now live from Kiev, Ukraine with more. Matthew, what more are you learning about this disagreement on the Biden-Zelensky call? How heated did it get? Mmm, heated call. That doesn't sound good. No. About what? On the one hand, President Biden saying the threat is imminent. I mean, we've heard this before. The Ukrainians pushing back on that, saying that the, uh, the threat, according to their intelligence analysts, is a bit more ambiguous than that. And it's, a, it's possible that there won't be an invasion, whereas uh, President Biden apparently telling his Ukrainian counterpart that an invasion was virtually certain. All right, time out for a second. Yeah. After everything that's happened this past year, Afghanistan and... Whose intelligence are you trusting right now? Well, what messenger am I trusting right now? Mm -hmm. It's nobody out of the Biden administration. No. No. I'm right there with you. Later on in February, when the ground uh, becomes uh, uh, more frozen in this country, he went on to say that he, he warned the Ukrainian uh, leader that the capital, Kiev, this city here, uh, could be sacked. And that, that's, that's the word he apparently what? used, according to this uh, Ukrainian official, sacked by Russian forces, who he said may attempt to occupy it. Okay. Well, then again, you think of Afghanistan. And listen, these reports that they said a major city's going to fall, please. And then watch it crumble before your eyes. Now right. what? He does a 180 on this one. Yep, probably going to fall. Yep, nothing you can do. What the heck is going on? What's the theory behind this? What have you heard, David? Uh, you, you do wonder. I mean, because uh, Zelensky came out today and said, hey, look, I'm actually here in this country. I speak for this country, and I think I've got a better grasp of what's going on in our border than the United States of America. That's what he said. Um, so it it is interesting to see how relatively calm. I mean, they're on alert, obviously. If you've got 100,000 hostile forces lining up at your border, you're going to be a little concerned about it. Yes. But they seem to be trying to keep the calm a lot more than the United States government. And you do wonder, does this have to do with bad polling with Joe Biden? Is there actually a concern? Because they haven't been all that clear about what they're willing to do to deter Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine and what they're going to do after, if he, indeed he does decide to invade. Um, so they've been very wishy-washy on that front. It seems like they're just sort of banging the war drums as much as possible to try Let to... Let me ask you this. If if all this blows over and Russia doesn't invade, mm -hmm. I don't know the chance of that, but if it happens, should we put Zelensky in charge of our southern border? Because <laughs> I, I have to say he's pretty effective. No. I don't know. I'm just saying. We're not doing anything Are right we now. we trading him for Kamala... Even up, our border czar goes to there to run their country, and he comes here. Are I'll you do that. joking? We'll give her in cash, right. in future pick, right. whatever it takes. <laughs> get rid of her. You get a number one cabinet pick. You're right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm wondering today if Tucker Carlson is some sort of clairvoyant, as he did this bit last night about infrastructure and specifically bridges. You're talking about bridges, if you happen to see what happened in Pittsburgh today. This was from last night. According to the American Society of Civil Engineers, which keeps track of these things, there are more than 617,000 bridges in this country. And as of tonight, more than 46,000 of those bridges are considered, quote, structurally deficient. Now, that was all part of a story him talking about, we got this 
trillion dollar infrastructure bill, but it's all going to equity and a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. We got stuff to fix. And then, David, what happens today in Pittsburgh? Well, Joe Biden's set to visit Pittsburgh today to talk infrastructure, and it just so happens uh, that a bridge collapsed in the area, injuring at least 10. Nobody's been killed, uh, per the latest report. So that's the good news. Four vehicles were on the bridge when it collapsed, but apparently no one has any life-threatening injuries. Now, a natural gas line broke in the area, but that's been handled. They don't think that's what caused it. It's not a high-pressure line that goes through there. It's a service line. So they think it just broke, obviously, when you have a few tons of bridge fall on it. Those pipes are going to break. Sure. Uh, Local TV station KDKA spoke with a woman who lives in the area. Okay. It sounded like a huge snowplow, sorry, um, pushing along a raw tarmac surface with no snow. So I went to the window to look for this big snowplow. My inner child wanted to see the excitement, and I couldn't see anything. I just kept hearing this loud noise. And just describe that sound that it made again. But it wasn't one noise. It was persistent. We don't normally get this sort of excitement in this neighborhood. The infrastructure in Pittsburgh is known to be poor with bridges. Happens to be happening at the same time President Biden is arriving today to talk about infrastructure, which is an amazing coincidence. Oh, well, obviously, what happened is they blew the bridge to try to sell Build Back Better. Come on, she, man. That's what she's getting at. <laughs> it's not Build Back Better. It's blow up bridges. Right. <laughs> Interesting. That sound also sounds like our economy right now. <laughs> Isn't it? Golly. Okay. Uh, somebody paid $71,000 for a pacer. Yes, we'll get to that much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friday, that feels good. Where's your mask? <laughs> Scott, where's your mask? I know, I know. You were just asking not long ago. I was. I it, actually I actually had it on. I just had it down. There's another time you didn't have it on, but we don't need to get to that right no, now. No, I know. Okay, there's, well, somebody saying we need to get rid of all the mandates. And David, you're noticing a lot of people... That are now calling for this. Yeah, there, there's there been a major turn, I think. Not specifically with this individual. This is uh, former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, uh, who says it's beyond time to pull back the COVID mitigation strategies like mask mandates, remote learning, all of it. And he said this before. Uh, and the main takeaway is that public officials need to stop going out of their way to piss off the population because you're going to need some credibility and right now, all of that credibility in a lot of places is completely shot. Yep. This is him on MSNBC trying to say, let's salvage what we can here. The situation right now is we have much more immunity in the population and a much broader composition of immunity. Our, our immunity is deeper. It comprises Delta immunity. People have been infected with Delta. People who have now been infected with Omicron and upwards of 50 percent of the population will have been infected with Omicron uh, by the time that this wave's over. And a lot of people have been vaccinated. The administration has done a good job rolling out that vaccine. Eighty five percent of Americans have had at least one dose. Sixty three percent of Americans have been fully vaccinated. Final point here, though, is that I think we need to prescribe very clear goalposts 
for how we how we take these mitigation measures off. When do we lift the vaccine mandates? When do we stop using masks in schools? Oh, As conditions no, no, improve, no, 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 you can't do that. That takes away the juice. That takes away the power. They right. don't want that. You kidding me? I wonder this too, and we can get to the rest of the clips. Up to you, David. You see, in European countries, say we're done. Yeah, Denmark uh, declared COVID no longer poses threat to society. Time to throw it all away. Okay, no more mandates. We got to go live. I mean, you say that in some circles. Can you imagine somebody telling yeah. that to the people on the View? The shrieking. Right. No. COVID's not done with us. Huh? The human sacrifice is not done. <laughs> but I have noticed a big turn. Um, Me too. I mean, you've got, is it, what, the New York Times, Washington Post, Atlantic, NPR, all of these uh, liberal rags out there now suddenly starting to question masking, especially in schools. Like, hey, you know, we I saw Chris Hayes from MSNBC uh, had a Twitter thread about this last night saying, you know, based on the evidence that we see, it's it's ambiguous at best. It's been that way for a long time, you coward. Well, no kidding. I mean, I remember, I remember us talking about it, what, fall of 2020? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, with the kids in schools, the masking thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, again, at best, it's ambiguous. Especially cloth masks. And if you paid attention, you knew that. And it, these people talking about journalistic integrity and democracy dies in darkness and all that friggin' nonsense. And uh, journalists are under attack. It takes a lot of courage to be a journalist. (laughs) Give me a friggin' break. You're freaking cowards. You're supposed to tell the truth even when it hurts you. But just be honest. And you haven't done that. All in just a whole class of freaking female cats, man. One after another after another at Hayes. He might as well be the cat herder, the leader of those people. It's like the picture of it. All right, let's move on. Oh, I mentioned somebody paid seventy-one grand for an AMC Pacer. You know why? No, why? <laughs> well, if I play this little clip, you'll understand. I see a little silhouette of a man. It's the mobile from Wayne's World. Uh, yeah, the original mobile. So from uh, the scene in Wayne's World, Wayne's World the car. Yeah, where they're banging their heads to Bohemian. Yep. Yes. Same car sold for thirty-seven grand in 2016 after it was fully restored. So this year marks the 30th anniversary of Wayne's World. Do you remember, and this is, what, years before David was born. I know, David, as you look at us like, what's a pacer? Yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember, Scott, there was also the Gremlin yeah, the NC Gremlin. Yeah. Uh huh. My buddy Travis had a Gremlin. And we were lucky enough. We had outkicked the coverage, had a couple of nice ladies with us in his Gremlin. Hmm. And we were getting them home probably a little late. And the th- the wheel actually fell off. It rusted, <laughs> it had rusted so much, the wheel fell off in the square of town. And because he and I were both too scared to call our dads, we had to call one of the girls' dads. It's terrible. Old BW, broken wheel. Okay, Border Patrol agents are slamming the DHS secretary. Next.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Border security, Border Patrol not happy with the Dorcas, David. Uh, no, not at all. That would be Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, who you lovingly refer to as the Dorcas. Dorcas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Julio Rosas. Lovingly. Yes, lovingly. Julio Rosas with a town hall got his hands on some leaked audio featuring Border Patrol officials and the Secretary of Homeland Security, the Dorcas, Alejandro Mayorkas. At one point, one of the people there just turned his back on Mayorkas because they're, they're ticked off at him because at every opportunity he throws them under the bus and he is not supporting the basic mission of protecting our southern border. Yes. Talking about they're whipping children. Right. <laughs> For that idiot. So this is the leaked audio. Yeah. Okay. Every time something important comes here, uh, we rush out. We have 50 more buses that come in, and they take as many people out here as they can. But yeah, you can hear it rustling around a little yeah. bit. So, so every time somebody important is going to come down here, we got a bunch of buses that come in and clear it out. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. That's you want to see how it really is down here. Why do we keep sending as many people out of here, out of here as we can before they get here? It's not really showing what it is. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I follow. Sorry. Is that the dork that's saying, I'm not sure I follow? Yeah. You're not that dumb. Well. No, he's not dumb. But he's a coward. He's not dumb. The whole area back here, before you come down, before anybody comes down, a senator, it doesn't matter. They put as many people out here as they can to whatever other sector. It may appear that people are trying to showcase that everything. What do you say there, David? May appear what? Uh, you might need to run that one by me again. Okay. And this is the last part of the Dorcas here. The commitment remains, and we'll keep fighting. And let me let me just say, you can turn your back on me, but I'll never turn your back my back on you. You did the day you were appointed. <laughs> I'll never turn my back on you. He couldn't even get that out without getting it turned around because right. he knows it's a load. You hear that? Let me just say, you can turn your back on me, but I'll never turn your back on my back on you. Right. <laughs> Guy comes He's back. He's a disgrace. Guy comes back. You did the day you were appointed. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, at the least, he should lose his job. At the worst, he should be in jail. He's a bad guy. I mean, is it legally, David? You know, I just start popping off when I get angry. Yeah. But legally, he's not upholding the law. He's not doing his job. He's aiding people breaking the law. He's setting up flights for people here illegally to go all over the country. Yeah, I still don't see him actually going to jail. No, no, no. I'm just saying by law. If we actually followed freaking laws in the country, he's helping people break the law. Yeah, you can make that argument, but when you're also executing a policy that's been put in place by the executive branch, not really breaking the law. Okay. 
Now, again, this is when I just want to see a group of Navy SEALs get together and start, you know, bringing justice. Well, you know, in whatever way they see fit. This was like some sort of above board thing. Like, we're welcoming these people to the great America, the land of opportunity. And here they are embracing us. They wouldn't do it at two o'clock in the morning. Right. Well, of course not. I mean, they'd have that a band whole... there, the mayor'd be there. I mean, everybody'd be there. It'd be a big celebration. Yeah. The whole but line. You don't want up. people but, but, to know. Families and these families, these poor kids. This is a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Coming up through the border, mm-hmm. just like what we saw in the caravans. Well, They're like, well, the children, and it's it's xenophobic, and, and it's 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 war against brown and black people. No, man, that's a bunch of young dudes, like eighteen to thirty. We don't know what they're all about. That could be rather dangerous. It's maddening. Okay. Speaking of dangerous, an update, as far as the New York Post is concerned, with the trans swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, formerly known as Will Thomas. Yeah. Well, it was Will Thomas for the first three years as a swimmer at Pennsylvania until this last year where he identifies as a woman and he's swimming with the girls. And if you're familiar with the story, he's broken a lot of records. I mean, it's not quite a fair fight in no. the pool. Um, the one thing I did not know, but learned something from reading this story, and that is, you know, you got the locker room situation, and they're changing, you know. Well, it's not like there's been any sort of surgery here. That's, I mean, it's just a biological male with the tackle. You know what I'm saying? Still, the yeah. Davis the here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which are sometimes exposed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one thing, and we've heard different women at different spas be uncomfortable with that sort of thing before. Well, yeah, and you understand well, that. Well, of course they are. Well, they're ju- they, see, yeah. they're just tied up in, in their preconceived notions of what a woman is. <laughs> I can't even say that with a <laughs> No, I know you can't. I can't. Well, it's absolute freaking madness. Right. We all know it. Okay. The other part that has made it feel a little awkward, according to one of the swimmers who talked to the Daily Mail about it, said Leah's also still attracted to women. Well, that's problematic then, isn't it? Well, it's problematic anyway. Yeah. But I suppose, I think I would guess most people assumed that this person would end up being attracted to males. So... Leah here is attracted to women. So does that make her a lesbian? Yes. Well, I it would be a dude but that dude. that is. Well, it's like the old joke that uh, a lot of guys used to use. Had a boss used to use it that would say he himself was a lesbian, <laughs> right? Because he was attracted to women. I guess mm-hmm. this is one one of those is one of those situations where this guy says he's a woman, but he's also attracted to women. And oh boy. that there have been team members, according to the report, that have spoken to the team's coaches about possibly getting Thomas to change elsewhere from the rest of the team, but those discussions have gone nowhere. Golly. The quote was, multiple swimmers have raised it multiple different times, but we were basically told we could not ostracize Leah by having her, by not having her in the locker room. So there's nothing we can do about it. We just have to roll over and accept it, or we cannot use our own locker room. It's really upsetting because Leah doesn't seem to care how it makes anyone else feel. Well, of course not. And then I go back to what I wondered in the beginning of this. Is this dude just having fun with everybody's going to write a book when this is over? This is how I turned this entire sport into a farce. 
by identifying as a woman? I have no idea. I doubt it, but it's a possibility. Uh, I mean, that would make more sense than anything else here. I mean, I, I just... And and if this is earnest, I hope this dude feels good about himself because this yeah. is a, this is a this is a disgrace. The, at well, this point, at this point, he's just a you know when it comes in when it comes to the locker room issue, he's just a high voiced guy hanging out in the girls' locker room. That's not acceptable, and I don't know why we trample all over women's rights for the sake of a potentially confused or mentally ill man. I don't either. And I don't think most of us in the country, if you go by percentages, say that we support it. No. But you can guess, as the story says, why haven't more people spoke out about it on the team? You know what's going to happen to them. Yes. And not only would you be considered transphobic, um, girl said, honestly, you're worried about your future career yes because you're afraid someone's going to google your name and then oh this person's transphobic they didn't like the Mm -hmm. dude swimming with the girls yes and it could hurt us Mm -hmm. one other thing before we move off of this really quick that i thought was interesting remember the ncaa passed the buck on the whole issue oh yeah yeah and they were total cowards on it Mm -hmm. the swimmer that talked to daily mail said that's a good thing and i at first i didn't understand it until i saw the rest of the quote and then it makes sense because she said USA Swimming is more conservative, and they have stakes in the game. These are people who swam their whole lives, who have kids and daughters who swim, and they see what this is doing to the swim community. I'm like, oh, that's right. Because the people that have been making these decisions, they're not part of that community. Right. To know what a joke this is. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot of people, you know, having the courage to just say what it is it's a man baby but however way you want to do it anyway finkel right yes um i don't know if you saw this story the winner of the spacex raffle were they doing this raffles the just regular people yeah i didn't even know there was one but i i don't i don't remember that part of the story but when you brought it in this morning i looked it up and went yeah there was a raffle yeah yeah well we were talking about david would love to do it i know You know, I would do it. I don't know how much I want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of rather skydive again, but whatever. But this guy had to raffle it off because he exceeded the weight limit. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's that's problematic. That's fat shaming. No, I mean, you got weight considerations. No, you've got to build a bigger spacecraft to accommodate. I did not realize that Elon Musk was uh, fat-phobic like that. Yeah, it seems like it. How dare you not suspend reality? That's right. You acquiesce to them. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk is like, hey, man, there is a 250-pound weight limit. It just is what it is. Yeah. And this guy exceeded the limit by 80 pounds. Hmm. And then there was talk of, well, I could lose the weight, but could I do it in time? Probably not. So then he decided to give the experience to his college roommate, who said they were forever grateful. I mean, and yeah, I feel bad for the guy. But I'm waiting for the next piece to come out on how it's actually fetching. It will. Well, yeah, I mean, this has made the rounds a lot. The cover of a, a magazine called Self. I heard all about you, it. You've got a morbidly obese woman on the cover, 
And the whole cover story is this is the future of fitness. No, it's not. And I'm I'm saying that as a hefty fellow myself. <laughs> like, no, if you are obese, it's not healthy. You're not fit. It, you got to confront reality. You have to be realistic about this stuff. I don't know, man. We got a dude swimming with women. Right. Because it's his truth. So are we going to give a three hundred? <laughs> are we going to give a three hundred pound swimmer like a half a halfway to the pool lead? <laughs> like you started because you have to compensate for the fact that you're a load. I don't know. <laughs> it's called equity, bro. That's right. Okay, if you weigh over three hundred, you start from here. <laughs> Something just happened that was so funny that made Van Camp laugh so much he hit his head on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, hit my headphones there. <laughs> They give extra points for the bigger splash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you right. dive in the water. Right. Yeah. The bigger the cannonball, the higher your score. <laughs> Scott, you've brought up this point many times. Uh, men today are not quite what they used to be. Oh, no. No. In many different areas, right? Lots of different areas, yes. I saw this. Uh, it was a poll. Homeowners talking about various types of tools. And I say, are you comfortable using this tool or not? And depending on the tool, yeah, it might be something. Now, I'm not quite that familiar. Uh-huh. You know, like table saw, something like that, David. You'd be comfortable. I'd be like, you know, I, I don't know. Not quite sure. No. But, I mean, if you're talking about a screwdriver, I think most people pretty confident. Yeah, you know, my way around a screwdriver. Yeah. Only 52% of people are confident using a screwdriver. What? According to this. I'm not joking. How is that possible? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know how they asked the question. It, and then the other part that's crazy is that's also the tool that people are most confident with. Yeah. Pliers are next at 47%, followed by a wrench at 46 More than half of people are not confident using a wrench? Pretty almost straight half power. a screwdriver. I'm trying to think of it. Last time I used a wrench, it's been a long, long time. Man, oh, man. What has happened? It reminds me of that meme where it's like, you know, guys facing certain death, and it's a picture, the beaches of Normandy, and then guys facing almost uncertain or no chance of death, like 0.009%. And they're, like, cowering with a mask. Right. <laughs> like, the difference. That's all I can think of when yeah. I see something like that. Yep. Holy smokes, 52%. All right. I mean, it makes you seem handy, Robbins. And I'm not. And me, too. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Okay. DeSantis is going to be Robbins' hero on another level because he used the term pound sand. All right. We will yes. explain straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, just going to get to Governor DeSantis out of Florida using pound sand. Before we do, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I looked up at Fox News, which is the monitor in the studio. 
And they were going over this story that I hadn't heard of, but I just looked it up. There were some podcast hosts. I'm not familiar with them. But one of the dudes on the podcast apparently said, um, <laughs> well, and this is why people lost their mind. If my wife lets herself go after I have kids with her, I'm going to tell her once, you better get your bleep together. If you can't do that, I'm out. Oh, my. Jeez. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no, that man. might have been just to wow. get a reaction. I don't know. Not familiar with it. Mm, daddy. Uh, but then reading the story in a New York Post had covered it. Yeah, people were ticked. My gosh, they trying to walk it back. Well, not really. Said, we stand by it. It's my opinion. It's not just about weight gain after childbirth. It's about mental health and physical health. The other thing he said, I still want to be sexually attracted to my wife. Jeez. Golly. <laughs> well, the way you say that, I'm going to tell her once, if you don't get your bleep together, I'm out. I'm out. If you can't do that. Hmm. Of course, I'm thinking, man, uh, of different couples I know over time. Who was more guilty of letting oneself go? Yeah. It's all anecdotal. Yeah. I've seen a lot more <laughs> of my buddies. Well, it's, it's the Fred Flintstone dynamic, isn't it? Meaning? Yeah, you got, the, you got the, the fat husband and the in-shape cute wife. You see that play out in television shows constantly. Yeah, all the time. Homer Simpson, yeah. Marge Simpson. I mean, Kevin James. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, that is so the true. character he plays, yeah. yeah this, dude, this dude, before you say something like that, you need to consider. Wife, child. You think you're going to make the same amount of money once you're gone? You're not. <laughs> About 40% of that dough is going to go away before you even see it. That's it? Only Maybe 40. more. Depends. The real quick story on DeSantis. It, he's trolling Tony Fauci again uh, and the COVID-19 policy. selling flip-flops that have pound sand on them. <laughs> I need those. I, know, I figured you did. Yeah. Another one, DeSantis over Fauci. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot of talk about Russia, Ukraine, our military leaders talking today all about that. You know, you ask, Lloyd a, very Austin. Good, you ask a very good question when you saw Lloyd Austin up there. He's What's in that? a group of people right now. Yes. He doesn't have his face shield on. Remember that thing he wore? Yes. Like a, a window around his, his neck? And yeah. a shield. Yes. Right, yeah. Yes, he was extra cautious. Yep. Oh, he still got the coronavirus. Yes, he did. He did. It went around the shield. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Looking fearless. Uh, it, it is an odd thing. And I, and I can't stop thinking about it now. How many people have come across the southern border? Like over two million. Nothing. But this much concern about Ukraine. Russia. Yeah. 
Okay. More on that later. Some more bad economic news. David, yesterday you had good economic news. Yeah, we had good news yesterday with GDP growing, but a lot of that was driven by businesses investing in themselves before interest rates go up. It's sort of like get in while the getting's good, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now the bad news, the measure of prices that is tracked by the Federal Reserve uh, rose by 5.8% in total last year. That's the sharpest increase in prices since 1982. Uh, the report Friday, or the report today, I should say, from the Commerce Department also said consumer spending fell 0.6% in December. Wow. Which is really bad. And we, we, we already had some indications that the holiday shopping season was off in a big way, mainly because, I mean, your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. Things are more expensive, and, you know, maybe people were holding back on uh, some of the celebrations or the travel or just the spending spree that usually happens. Well, this is not a surprise to a lot of people. You knew this was going to happen. I guess that lyrics in the new Kid Rock song, it's all the same. Yeah, you got a raise, but everything costs more. You actually right. went backwards. Right. Gosh dang, man. Something, okay, I want to spend a little bit more time on this. Um, not too long ago, I got distracted by this other story, but we had started to talk about Ron DeSantis down in Florida trolling Tony Fauci, right, with the, the sandals, the flip-flops. The reason is because, as we know, Fauci has flip-flopped on things so many times when it comes to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so that was all part of this commercial that they put together for DeSantis. I heard this. <laughs> and it's really well done. And when it shows the little picture of the flip-flops, it says Fauci on it, and then it's on the bottom where it says pound sand, which has been a favorite saying of Robbins. I mean, years. One of my I might even favorites. say yeah. decades. Yeah. Go pound sand. Right. All the time. Uh, but here's how the ad sounds. Some major flip-flopping people should not be walking around with masks. Masks work. Fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. You really better be very (laughs) careful before you bring the children back. The default position should be to try as best as possible to keep the children in school. Right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. So so let me clarify that because there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. Understanding. Yeah. And then you see sandals and sandals. Sand. Yes. Completely different thing going on. Yeah. And the Santas has never really followed all that nonsense with the roller coaster. Nope. You know? That's how he got the nickname, Death Santas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember how many people he was killing? Yeah. Yeah. People on the left, MSNBC. Right. All that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, and we know this because we've followed it, all of us together. You're listening right now. You're like, yeah, I remember all this. But when you actually hear the audio pieced like that, one after another after another, you're like, yes, we got taken for a ride in so many different ways. Big time. And it would have been so much better to just admit at the time, we don't know. We're doing the best we can. But he lied from the jump. And I can't wait until legacy media has to cover those emails between him and Francis Collins, where he knew that that gain-of-function research bit him.
Yeah, we're only a few months away from that. Yeah. At the current pace, you know. Very much looking forward to that. Okay, here's a story we're all going to get totally ticked off about, I can tell you. As David told me about this story earlier. Go ahead. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, a man who molested a 10-year-old girl is going to serve time in a juvenile facility with underage girls. What? Yeah. This is uh, the insane story out of Los Angeles County. The man's name is James Tubbs. He's 26 right now. Back in 2014, he sexually assaulted a girl in the bathroom at a Denny's. At the time, he was two uh, two weeks away from turning 18, so technically a minor at the time of the crime. Uh, He was finally linked to that crime, though, a few years later, back in 2019, and then was prosecuted in 2020. So it took over five years. Yeah. The Well, the reason they caught him was because uh, he was also implicated in another sexual assault of a minor in a different state. Uh, so he started getting prosecuted in 2020, and he's been sentenced now. Uh, the liberal prosecutor there, George Gascon, did not go after him as an adult because, again, in his mind, the crime happened when he was 17, and he doesn't want to charge minors as adults. Okay. So adding insult to injury, when James was taken into custody, uh, James Tubbs, the guy who did this, uh, said, oh, oh, by the way, I identify as a woman now. My oh, name, my. My name is Hannah. Gosh, dang. So yesterday he was sentenced to serve two years at a juvenile facility, will be housed with girls because he is now considered a transgender woman and apparently still considered a minor. Remember the woke sicko saying, well, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Very easily predicted. Yeah. Uh, everyone is pissed, including the judge, but the judge was like, my hands are tied because of the way that the laws are set up in California. I can't I can't suddenly decide to prosecute this guy as an adult because the charges weren't filed as such, and the case didn't go to an adult court. Judge Mario Barrera went after Gascon for not transferring, uh, transferring tubs to an adult court, during the court proceeding yesterday, saying, I want to be clear, the filing of a transfer motion is entirely within the discretion of the district attorney. Now, Gascon told the L.A. Times, well, I'm concerned that Tubbs could be victimized at an adult facility as a trans woman Um, and said a probation report recommended she be sentenced to home confinement. Here we go again. Okay. I, there's only one thing yeah. I think that I can play right now, uh, at least for me. Make me feel a little better. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny Cash. This is a grown man, a sexual mm-hmm. predator, and they're going to be housing him with underage girls. They yeah. say that he's going to be kept in isolation, if that's any consolation, but... Who knows if that gets hold held up? I mean, the, the whole premise is insane. So for him, and who wrote the laws, and Gascon. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Well, well, later, you're gonna have to face justice. That is unbelievable. It's like, just, it's like bad dream after bad dream. Sometimes, just again, how can this happen? Rational people. If you ask, they, they know this is, I mean, you know this is wrong. Yeah, but 
they buy part of the lie because they never tell you exactly what's going to happen when you put laws like that in place. A male it's all about child molester housed equity. with young women. And out of, well, we these poor people, they, they will be, you know, absolutely attacked if it was put in a jail cell with other men. So you have some people that are just, you know, thinking, well, that maybe that's the right thing. I guess they get sucked in. It's complete stupidity. It's brutal. All right, I know we got to get to uh, the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about this. Oh, yeah. Well, President Biden is getting ready to nominate a new Supreme Court justice because Stephen Breyer announced he was going to retire at the end of this term. Uh, Biden says he wants to nominate only a black woman because identity politics rule the day. So I came ac- across this clip in the archives, and I have found the exact person who should be Joe Biden's nominee. It will oh. check off so many boxes, it'll make your head spin here. I haven't heard this yet. Have no, you heard me either. Okay. As a New Yorker, I am black. I am gay. <laughs> I am disabled. <laughs> I am a woman seeking to control her health and her choices. I mean, you got there. You go. You got a white guy in Andrew Cuomo who says that as a New Yorker, he is gay, he's disabled, he's a woman, he's black. And part of that rant, he said he was Jewish and Muslim. Yeah, right, dude. I mean, come on. He's got I, nothing going on right now. Pick up the phone. I honestly thought you were going to play RuPaul there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Box checker. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, there is a study out there that I want to share with you guys because you're cat people. Humans are making cats dumber? Really? And no. 59% of single adults coming in illegally, and we'll fill in the blank for you. Next. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, what's the story about uh, illegals coming in, David? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there is still this uh, Title 42 public health uh, measure that was left over from the Trump administration, uh, which at least tried to take the border security issue seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was, you know, if you're a single adult male, you're going back. You're you're a single adult. You're going to go back. You're going to wind up. You know, there was the Remain in Mexico program, all of that. That went back to Obama. Yeah. So don't come. Just 59 percent of single adult migrants encountered by Border Patrol agents in December were expelled. (laughs) Only 59 percent. And these are the people that were actually encountered. Border Patrol saw them. They interacted with them. And 59 percent only were expelled. I mean, listen, man. Oh, I heard a clip the other day. It was Megyn Kelly. I forget who she was talking to. Um, but in the clip I saw, she was almost out of her mind saying, you know, it used to be some sort of conspiracy theory. She was like, this is what is going on. They're letting people in on purpose and putting them into loading blocks across the country. It's like, yeah. What's going on? Absolutely. 
I think it's been the, quote, red pill moment for a lot of people over the last six months. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that, yeah. Like, okay, I heard a lot of talk for a lot of years about how different things could happen in the country, but then all of a sudden it seemed to happen, and it's still going on. You'll hear people just talking to casually say, I didn't realize, and fill in the blank, they'll tell you a story, whether it's the trans issue, the border issue, uh, with the masks, whatever it might be. Like, I I didn't realize the lies were that crazy. No, man, it's really going on. You know, if this, I mean, I'm not joking right. when I say I, I really do believe it. Yeah. And, and it, I wouldn't I don't want everybody to watch news all the time. It's probably not good for your mental health. You know what I mean? But if yeah. if people saw the same things, I'll I'll take myself out of it. David and Scott see every day. I believe most people would think the exact same way you do. I if you're using social media as a barometer, and the social media I'm involved in, a lot of it is for this show. I have my own page as well. But the most evil, horrible, slanderous comments that were made about Donald Trump and Republicans up until Biden won, those people have gone radio silent. I mean, they're doing cat pictures now. They're doing pictures of, uh, you know, I'm, I, seriously. I mean, the, the, the absolute vitriol that was out there, the, all the acid tongue stuff, it's just gone. And they're, they're saying nothing about Republicans now, I guess is my point. They're saying nothing, period, about politics because they know ye old pooch has been screwed here. You know, I don't know how much faith I put in social media stuff, per se. Uh, it's it's the active people, though. They're not active anymore. They're not pushing okay. their their lame agendas because they know it's it's dead. But knowing how social media, with algorithms, you know, can promote certain things and then tap down stories. You see it over time. And I've heard this said before, and it makes a lot of sense. Say it's the issue on masks, where you've heard time and time again, the cloth masks. The efficacy, not great, right? But if you mention that and you had 30 different people come at you and say, you're you're out of your mind, no, though we need kids to have those masks. After a while, for most people, you start to think, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Right. And I think we're at the point now where people are like, no, they've woken up to what's happening. But I guess my point is the loudest of those people are now right. silent. Nothing. No masking stuff, no school closure stuff, none of that. Yeah, that part is interesting. Yeah, it's over with. Yeah. Okay, is it possible, with all the madness going on, and you, David, and Scott both are cat people, mm-hmm. um, that humans are making cats dumber? Okay. New studies said that that's been, well, happening for the past 10,000 years. Really? Researchers measured the brain sizes of domesticated cats and wild cats that still exist in Europe and Africa. And even though their body sizes are similar, the wild cats have bigger brains. They think that domesticated cats haven't had to use their brains as much to do things like hunt and defend themselves. So over time, humans have gradually been dumbing them down by keeping them as pets. So I don't know if that changes your view on your cat ownership. I mean, I don't know if this is like a SeaWorld thing with Shamu <laughs> that needs to be out in its natural origin. Well, I'm, yeah, I, my cat would survive 20 <laughs> seconds out there in the real world. Yeah, I, you know, I, 
I knew something was up when Dexter the cockeyed cat completely bombed his SATs. Yeah, <laughs> really. That was something. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, that may be true, but my cats are smart enough to know that at 5 o'clock in the morning, if they raise enough hell, I'll get up and feed them. They understand what, what works and what doesn't. Well, that's a survival tactic. But they, they're not, yeah, they're, they're going to die if they don't eat right then and there. Tell you what I'm going to do for Manipulate everyone listening me. right now. Yeah. I'm going to let this go about 60 seconds at least, depending on where it goes. I love it when David tells Scott how he hasn't really disciplined the cats the way he needs to, and that's why, why they're out of control. Mm-hmm. Well, now, can you control when they go nuts like that, David, at a certain time? Well, yeah, you, don't, you just don't get up and feed them. They'll learn eventually that okay, this isn't how we're going to get it. But if you're, but you're giving them the the positive reinforcement because I want to go want back to sleep, David. For that That's behavior. Why. It's like hey, a child; they just sit in the crib and scream. Short term pain equals long term gain, Scott. Okay, <laughs> I just want to be left alone. Get away. Start here. Here's your food. I'm going back to bed. Well, then, then you know, in you know, six months to a year, get used to the four o'clock wake up call. <laughs> God, it's only going to get worse. I could close the bedroom door, and I, but then they scratch at the door. I was like, until mm-hmm. <laughs> I get up and do it anyway. Okay, I probably let that go far enough. Yeah, cats are fun. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. I love lasted. I love my guys. Um, just time for a little clip. I uh, wanted to highlight this because I, everybody's got a different sense of humor. Last night on Tucker Carlson show, he was talking about Pete Boot Edge Edge. <laughs> Okay, transportation secretary, but it's all about, you know, infrastructure right now and equity and all this stuff. And it came out that he had a problem with potholes in South Bend. He's a former and mayor. Part of what he said. The judge was mayor. The city had him, we're quoting now, the worst pothole situation in the state, according to the local paper. Huge potholes. So big that Mayor Pete, not a tall man, could have disappeared into one. Good pictures, little legs up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that killed me, but I just pictured his little legs out of the pothole. Dang, was that funny. Okay, BLM's millions of dollars, where did it go? Get to that much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I I really want to know what the conversation was between the president of Ukraine and the president of the United States. Because, you know, CNN, I think, was the one. And again, it's CNN, so they they do a lot of fake news anyway. So maybe that it is completely wrong. But they were initially reporting that uh, Joe Biden said something like, yeah, Kiev and Ukraine, by the way, uh, 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 Russia is going to uh, completely occupy uh, that city, is going to be sacked, um, something like that. And Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is like, hey, I think we know the situation on the ground a little bit better than you do. All right. We're here. Uh, you know, we have... Uh, actual personnel on the ground monitoring this tense situation as Russia appears ready to uh, invade Ukraine. Uh, Meanwhile, here in the United States, 
uh, we've got our just crack bunch of leaders who are definitely instilling confidence <laughs> with their No, they're not, leadership. man. What happens? You look up at the monitor, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's, because you got Mark Milley yeah. and Lloyd Austin up there. The Pentagon talking about this situation. Yeah. And what does it remind you of? Obviously. Afghanistan. Yes. Yeah. A yeah. massive failure. So Mark Milley is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, and in my opinion, one of Donald Trump's biggest failures was putting that guy in a high ranking position. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a, he had some stern words for Russia when it comes to Ukraine. Okay. Okay. It's the policy of the United States government to continue to support an independent Ukraine in their goals. And we are continuing our effort to enhance their ability to protect themselves. We strongly encourage Russia to stand down and to pursue a resolution through diplomacy. Okay. Well, I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> strongly encourage, yes. That just reminds me of. So if you're encouraging them, I'm strongly encouraging them. Of course you are. Okay. Sternly and strongly. I mean, I could go down all these different clips of Millie. We'll do it another day. It's Friday. Of just showing what a moron that guy was through Afghanistan. Uh, No one saw this was coming. No, man, you had intelligence all over the place for like months about Afghanistan. So that's why it's hard to take this serious. I mean, sometimes when you say, you know, once that trust is broken or there's a major failure on a scale like Afghanistan, that's why you have to change leadership. Because the trust is gone. The belief in someone. Because the stakes are too high. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's the same way Fauci should have been gone. Once everyone knew that he lied to the American people, he lost trust. But they just keep carting him out you know, back out there all the time. That's what makes it, you know, pretty frustrating. Okay. And who knows about the CNN on that part of the story, David? Yeah. Because you tell me, I don't know who to trust anymore on any of this stuff. With Tapper, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, with the three of us, if you go back, say, six years ago, you say, you know, I I may not like the guy. Uh, You can tell he leans left. But he's pretty credible at what he does. I think that would have been the opinion, Mm -hmm. but that's been blown away. But to actually lie, to be out of step with the White House, that doesn't seem like typical CNN. That would seem like they would be getting their marching orders from the White House on how to cover something or the higher-ups. So that's why I wondered if it was a case where, you know, you have a Jake Tapper Saying, okay, I've got this report, and he just goes with it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, (laughs) from the higher-ups at CNN, no, we can't do that. Yep. Holy smokes. No, because how did that go? It was like a breaking news alert. To you and our world lead, a senior Ukrainian official tells CNN that today's phone call between President Biden and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, quote, did not go well. And then he goes on with the report. So it's weird. Then after that, that report is scrubbed. It's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Very strange. Something's going on there. It Release is. the transcript. Come on, let's go. Yeah. That's what they wanted with uh, Trump, right? Right. With Ukraine. Release the transcript. We want to know it. We have a right to know. Okay. Man, this is a shocker. Black Lives Matter. 
Can't trust them with money? What? No, come on. Are you kidding Stop. me? Stop. Millions of dollars unaccounted for? Yeah. Heck you say. Yeah, no, no. Black Lives Matter as an organization is a complete fraud, and that's been very evident for a long time. Don't take my word for it. Take Trayvon Martin's mom's word for it. How about True. the family of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri? They're like, mm-hmm. hey, where is the this is this is a complete take Black Lives Matter chapters all over the country. Right. Correct. <laughs> they haven't given us a dime. This organization is a fraud. Uh, Washington Examiner had a report out today about this, saying that according to their last disclosures that were put out, Black Lives Matter, the organization, had about $60 million cash on hand. The problem is, though, nobody's uh, listed as somebody who is running the organization or managing these finances. They don't have a permanent address here. No, that's the brilliance of it. Oh, right. I mean, in an evil sort of way. Because remember, mm-hmm. Patrice Cullors, who had been leading that organization, left after it came out that she spent millions of dollars buying multiple homes. Now, she said, I was lifting up black lives because I bought these homes in the interest of my family. God, yes. the <laughs> family, which is mind numbingly stupid. And, and her family is black. So that's just crazy. <laughs> that's the best you could do. It's the best your PR team could come up well, with. They're not mm-hmm. used to being challenged on things, though. No, that's right. True. Black Lives Matter says something and everybody's supposed to fall in line. Mm. Well, they or were else you're racist. In line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other problem, though, and, and this is a real issue, is that they talked about their expenditures. And in one disclosure, uh, what was it? Uh, they said it was about eight and a half million dollars in operating expenses. That was the public report that they published last February. Uh, $8.5 million roughly in operating expenses in the year 2020 closed out the year with $60 million in the bank. But according to their IRS report, in August of 2020, it did expect to incur about $12.7 million in professional fees. So the question is, where is that? Where did that money go, and why is there such a huge discrepancy uh, to the tune of about four point three million dollars in what they said they were spending to the IRS versus what they claimed they spent later? And you ask the questions, and no one can answer it because no one is actually minding the shop. They actually tracked down a couple of people who were supposedly leading the organization. And after they asked for comment, they changed their LinkedIn profile (laughs) descriptions, like from being associated with Black Lives Matter or an international social justice campaign. They scrubbed all those references because something is up. Oh, yeah. And you think about all the corporations, the NFL, the NBA, all all the sports leagues, Major League Baseball. Yep. Pouring cash into Black Lives Matter. (laughs) And the whole thing from jump was obviously a scam, but they were so terrified of being called racist that they just did it. Well, I mean, we have all these clips again, you know, how Patrice colors, I am helping black people by giving my family homes. And you remember when uh, the book she had in 2010 was compared to Mao's red book. And she thought that was such a a great honor. Oh, yeah, she's a communist. Yes, but whenever you would bring that up, people would shout you down 
Say, that's not true. They're just standing up for the rights of black people. No, they're Marxists. Yeah. They're communists. They want to destroy the family unit. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's crazy, man. I know we got to get to this stuff. Jeez. It really is. Oh, there is a book coming out about the Biden family. Oh, have you heard about this or not? From Peter Schweitzer. The New York Post had a bit on it, Daily Wire. It looks pretty interesting because a lot of people have wondered, hey, what's up with the Bidens in China? Because you've heard a lot of different things about that, right? Mm -hmm. So China. Right. (laughs) Reportedly, the Biden family has raked in $31 million from their ties with big money people in China, Chinese elites. So... In the story, and the book is coming out, what's a book called? Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. There, I mean, Van Camp's like shaking his head, yes, well, yes. There is not another, there is not a better grift than communism. Flesh that out for a second. Well, Explain you, what you're saying. Well, you think about, uh, well, let's use China as an example. There are some of the world's wealthiest people in China mm-hmm. at the very top. And part of that is because when the state controls everything, when they control the means of production, when they have a final say in all of it, a very select few get to benefit greatly, while others, eh, not so much. That's right. When you think about Mao's rise to power, when you think about the Great Leap Forward, where 45 million people in China died, many of them of just starvation, in the course of like what four years or something like that. That uh, meanwhile, party and leaders. No, is that even taught in school anymore? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I I don't know. But meanwhile, party leaders were really fat and happy, <laughs> getting a lot of money. Heck yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Well, from the little piece uh, that I read, it just said for those wondering why this is from Schweitzer. Why Biden is soft on China? Consider this never before reported revelation. Biden family has done five deals in China, totaling some $31 million, arranged by individuals with direct ties to Chinese intelligence, some reaching the very top of China's spy agency. Americans deserve answers to why the Bidens received some, again, $31 million, and what promises or influence it bought. Right, you just don't give people $31 million. You want something oh, no. in return. So what was the return? Right. That's what we need to know. Remember the whole thing with Tony Bobolinsky? Oh, yeah. Right before the election? Yeah. Talking about, yeah, I mean, and I'm paraphrasing, wasn't Biden the big guy yeah. that Hunter would talk about? Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, when Joe Biden was still vice president, Hunter Biden was paying some of his bills. And so they said $20 million of that money came from selling his stake in an investment fund linked to a Chinese tycoon named Shea Fang, who was known as the super chairman. And it goes on from there. But we'll see how much attention this book gets when it actually comes out. China. Right. Yes. Why it's all corrupt. Super chairman. The super chairman. (laughs) Right. And Biden was known as the big guy. The big guy. The super chairman. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. (laughs) Like crime fighters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, real quick. Okay. It's not like I follow Kanye West news all the time, but I did think this was interesting. He wants to help homeless people, right? Well, a lot of people do. What's how, wrong with that? How There's are you money. going to do that? Yeah. You know, because a lot of people have tried. 
Um, but what he's do what he's doing is hiring people. Uh, he even wants them to model his clothes from his Yeezy brand. Hmm. But he's hiring people, you know, out of L.A. to actually do work. Now, I I don't know how far that goes. But, I mean, the guy's got an incredible amount of money. Hmm. Okay, and that's the one thing. When it's someone giving your own money to help a problem and you see it's not going right, well, if you're not going along with the program, you just boot them out, right? Mm-hmm. It's for people that really want to be helped. Mm-hmm. He started a collaboration with Skid Row Fashion Week. I don't know if this will be a good thing or not. I just thought it was interesting. But they employ homeless people at their factory, hoping to get them to be in the situation where they wouldn't be homeless. And one of the things we talk about with homeless, a lot of drug addicts. Yeah. A lot of those people don't want to go do a job at a factory. Particularly not model, I'm guessing. Well, and then later on, the model. Yes. Keep that syringe right where it is. Smile. Okay. But you kind of separate people in a hurry, wouldn't you, of who wants to work and who doesn't? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's much better than just say, well, let them put up more tents. Right. And let them shoot up. It's something. I'm looking forward to seeing if that actually goes anywhere. Would you watch it? Well, heck no. Okay. I would because I just had a curiosity. How's this going to work? Well, you also watch those shows where it's hoarders and yeah. people eating toasters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know better about myself. <laughs> News update from Van Camp straight ahead. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I saw this. I think it's kind of, well, I, I don't want to say funny because a lot of people are getting hurt as a result uh, of this. But, uh, you know, Portland was one of the uh, ground, city, uh, ground zero cities for the disastrous defund the police movement. I mean, you have uh, over 100 days of violent rioting. And in a row, right in a row (laughs) and uh, in 2020. And the best thing at the time, according to city leaders, was to force cops out of a job, demoralize them, say that, yeah, they're the enemy, Mm -hmm. defund the police department or the police bureau, I should say. Well, the city sent a letter to 81 former officers, people who had retired and said, hey, uh, you want to come back to work for us? They wanted to get 25 out of the 81, thereabouts. Two expressed interest. Two. Well, hell no. God bless those two. But, man. Well, yeah. I don't blame them for a second. Well, they already have a police force that has the full support of the city. And the county leaders is called Antifa. <laughs> Damn, but why would you in your right mind want to go back to doing that? I've got a retirement or whatever. I've moved on to another job. I'm not doing this. You got no support. None. That's the thing. I mean, you're you were not given the tools to do your job. You were told to not do your job. Golly. And let people do whatever it is they wanted to do. Yeah. 
What was it Merrick Garland said? You have a good memory for this stuff, David. What, that it's not, it, it doesn't count as domestic terrorism if it happens at night? Yeah. Trying to burn down a federal building. <laughs> right. In yeah. Portland. Yeah. It doesn't really count. And it doesn't count, really, if it's at night. But during open hours. You're like, where are we? What does that mean? It's nuts. Yeah. I also saw this. 34% of black voters in Georgia now believe it will be somewhat or very difficult to vote this year. Yeah. And and Joe Rogan is, is the biggest purveyor of misinformation, I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. You know what? This is Think about this for a second. If you put up Joe Rogan's track record on COVID versus Fauci, who has a better batting average? Forget who said that. But it's a great point. Think about it. Oh, yeah. Rogan's on my team every day. <laughs> yeah. Not Fauci. No. Meanwhile, as we've talked about, we have people here illegally flying to all parts of the United States. So for our Friday Five today, our music countdown, greatest songs with fly or flying in the title. There's a lot of great ones. If you want to get in early, it's 210-619-2053. 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Songs with fly in the title. Thanks. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friday, that means the Friday Five. Countdown we drew every Friday, and this is how it starts. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay, for our countdown this week, because we have people here illegally flying all over the United States from the southern border. Again, illegally, we're doing songs with fly in the title. Yes. Okay. Now, as we do our countdown, all three of us put it together, our top five. And that includes, well, how much we like the song. Does it stand the test of time? And then how big of a hit or how iconic is the song? I already feel like I booted one. And then we put it all together. Yeah. And you feel that way every week, or at least you should. I know. Um, And then we come up with our five. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know whether I should or not, but I feel like... I'm just going by what people tell me. No, that's not what they tell you. That you have a tendency to ruin... Five, but it's okay. I mean, it's all about the fun, right? You know, Robbins has a tendency to to screw up the five. <laughs> What's the fight? Whatever. We saw that in our call-out research we did. 210-619-2053 is the number to call. Okay. Um, who's up first, David? Uh, we got Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Scott. I know how much you love Casey Kasem. Uh, I also grew up with him, but I also remember him from the voiceovers he did for various cartoons in the 70s. Yep. Like uh, the Super Friends, he was Robin, and, of course, the most iconic, probably Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, great yes. guy, great guy. Fantastic. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Steve Miller band, Fly Like an Eagle. Yeah. Wow, just come in and take over. Number one. Was this unanimous? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Big song, iconic. Total test timer. Oh, yeah. And we all love this song? Oh, I do, yeah. Wow, that's a rarity. I never turn it off. I don't. I never turn anything off from him. <laughs> it's weird. All, all these hits, I still like hearing them. I was in fourth grade when that came out. I remember getting the 45. Yes, I know, David. It was probably 12 years before you were born. Yes. Thank you. I That's probably a great played it while you were listening. You were at home listening to the radio. No, that was before you. What year was that? Out. That was like seventy-seven. Seventy-four. No. Seventy-four, seventy-five. Really? I thought I was thinking more seventy-seven on that one, but maybe I'm probably wrong. No, no, no. It could be. My Steve Miller, I, I, because that was a year before I got into it. Trying to think, what year would I have been in fourth grade? Because there was a kid that played basketball. He was a sixth grader. It's seventy-six. I'm thinking. It's like did you like fly like an eagle? It was nineteen seventy-six. Yeah, 76. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Fly Like an Eagle. Yeah. Did, what's your favorite Steve Miller song? Probably Fly Like an Eagle. Mine's Take the Money and Run. Anything else you want to go over before we get back to the countdown? Uh, you know, Jet Airliner's great. Mm-hmm. Now, on with the countdown. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> let's talk Who's to, next? Well, let's talk to our friend Brandon in Lynchburg, Virginia. Greetings, comrades from Free Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon, for checking in. <laughs> What you thinking today? Yes. Well, I saw yesterday as Uncle Bubbles was handing Justice Breyer back his used face mask that Nicholas Gage's crow flew over and pooped on Pudding Brain's head. <laughs> it's okay, though. As Bird flew away, he was heard saying, nothing personal, pal. <laughs> well played. Uncle Mumbles then responded by saying, y- y- you know what, what was up there? I don't know, man. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. Yes, sir. When Nicholas Cage was asked why his crew, why his crew was at the White House in first place, he said he was just learning to fly by Tom Petty. <laughs> well, good job on that, man. Where is it, Scott? Do we have it? Yes, no. Me? No. Did it make the top five? Number five. There you go. It's a marginal hit at Top 40, right? Yeah, we played a lot of marginal records, though. So. But a big song at Rock Radio yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah, I still love that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Chris in Vancouver. Hey, Chris. Chris. Oh, hey. Hey, Chris. Go ahead, man. Pretty Dude, for a thank white you guy. so much for calling in. Well played. That's all I needed, man. <laughs> we talked about that ahead of time. Yeah. That band always had a sense of humor. Is that from Very the good. Americana album? I do believe so, yeah. yes. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. Songs with Fly in the title. Again, the number is 210-619-2053. And who's next? Uh, we got David in Oregon. Hey, David. 
Happy Friday, gentlemen. David. We love David. Thanks for checking in, man. What you thinking today? Hey. Uh, I thought I had the number one song because I was kind of hoping Scotty would have picked it. But I'll, I'll settle for number two. I've had a couple hundred of them over the years. How about Fly By Night by Rush? Yeah. Well, guess what, so when man? I booted. Number four. The biggest Rush fan on this show didn't have Rush in the I just, top five. I thought I would get accused of homering. Personal uh, taste after, jukebox. That's what I did. I was, after I named it in my top five? Well, I, I already turned mine in by the time you named it in your top five. I probably would have changed it. But I thought, no, there's no way Mark Lee's going to yell at me about this. Like, oh, personal jukebox it. Dude, I just go by whatever. It, we go by the criteria. That's I know, it. But what, like, I love the song, and I love the band. You know that. But I didn't. I guess I had no understanding of how big it, a hit it was because it was not a top 40 record. Well, no. It, I don't but even it was played it was a rock, rock forever. It, but was so it what you base a, your picks on whether or not well, every, that I might question it? I mean, what kind of? What kind I of just didn't want to hear it. Are I thought, you? you know what? This has been a long week. I don't want to hear him going, you <laughs> Man up, man. I didn't want to do it. I thought I might get accused of something. Okay. How weak is that? All right. All right. I'll hammer you for being weak than a bad pick. That's your band. I mean, that's a big song for them. I know. And, David, you had it in your top five. I did, yeah. Wow. I can't believe that David had it in his top five. But I can now. I think he plays true to the countdown. He's I, not looking to, to score and, points. You know, that that's one of the uh, few Rush songs I actually reach for. There you go. Okay. Just be true to the countdown, man. That's all we're saying. And now, on with the countdown. Who's next? Uh, we got David in Connecticut. Hey, David. Hey, gentlemen. Getting ready for the snow here. Um, oh, it's going to be a big I one, huh? Had, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be a big one, but we'll see. Uh, I had Fly Like an Eagle, but somebody already took it, so I came up with Going to Fly Now, the theme from Rocky back in, I guess, the mid-'70s. Yes, good call. Number three. Did you have this one, David? I did, yeah. I I think that was my number two. This one, yeah, was my number three. Scott didn't have this either. No. Oh, my gosh. What is going on? Not a big fan. And it certainly is not a test of timer. It's a huge test of timer. So Everybody knows you hear it that you on hear the radio. It. You never hear that anywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, dude, it's people know te- it though. Test of time just doesn't have to be on your oldie station. I'm just telling you, I don't hear it anymore. So, can't imagine why people think it's my margin of test of time. <laughs> Ruined the. Countdown. You chose an instrumental from Bill Conti. Don't tell me, dude. It was a massive hit. It's a massive test of okay. timer. And yeah, I I like it. That's why we all three get to vote. I know. That's right. I know. I, I, we need some new voter ID laws or something <laughs> that you don't have. We need voter ID laws. <laughs> Whatever it might I be. I showed you the warrant Something that IRS. makes it harder for you to vote. That was good. We're going to introduce James Crow for Robin. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. You mentioned Wayne's World and an old AMC Pacer earlier. Well, my yeah. first car was a 1973 Ford Pinto. And, yes, it was baby poop green. Yes. Those are fantastic. My sister had a baby blue one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good job. My song, Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, 
Yes. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what just make you think it's time for like a romantic like dinner. On yeah. A Jupiter and Mars. Uh-huh. Am I the only one that likes this stuff? Oh, I love it. I'm just, I'm just okay. soaking it in. Okay. Man, you do have RBF, dude. I thought it was like you hated it. Like, oh, uh, gosh. Come fly with oh, there's two Sinatras in the honorable mention list. Well done. All right, we got time for one more real quick? Uh, yeah, let's talk to uh, <laughs> Joey in Scranton. Hey, Joey. Hey, it's your boy Joey here from, uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, I uh, just woke up from my nap and, and had my afternoon Metamucil, and uh, I took a ride in my Chevrolet uh, F-150 uh, electric <laughs> Hummer. Uh, anyway, uh, this is a song that comes to mind whenever that uh, stupid son of a bitch, uh, Peter Ducey, asked me a question. It's a uh, because right, it's all I want to do is I just want to fly away by by Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to get away. Yeah, that was a big song. That was. That is not a strong test of time. No, not at all. That's where that one gets heard a lot. Okay, we're still looking for number two. Um. Also. Yeah, we got everything else, right, in the yeah. top five? But there's some great honorable mentions. And probably some songs that Robin's picked. Shut up. What? We want to honor them all. Are you okay, kidding me? Right. You should be excited. Yay. See, that's better. We'll finish it up next. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we got a news update, and Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day in less than 15 minutes. We're doing the Friday Five, just songs with fly in the title, because we have people here illegally coming through the southern border and getting flown all over the United States. We're all paying for it. Yeah. So that's number one right there, Fly Like an Eagle, Steve Miller Band. Go to Fly Now. The theme from Rock to Bill Conti at three. Rush, Fly by Night. Robin's favorite band, but he didn't have it to five. And then Tom Petty's Learning to Fly at number five. We're still looking for number two. And we've got some great honorable mentions yet to get to. David? Uh, let's start off with Corey in Portland. Hey, Corey. Yes. Hey, man. Happy Friday of January as we get ready to go into Championship Weekend, boys! Boys! Yes! Mr. Energy, always love to hear from you, man. What you got today? You guys, you guys got the best bumper music in, uh, on radio by far. I just heard some accept. I'm all fired up. Yes! It was, Eddie, it was Eddie's birthday in honor of him. How about a little Spanish fly? But I call in for the madman, Ozzy, as we go flying high again. With the great Brady Rose. Hey, what happened? I had that in the Bible. 
that. Didn't I the only one it. that had that in the five? You were the yeah. only one that had it in the five, yes. It's hmm. a personal stereo. I go I go through my picks. I do. What, didn't we agree for hit or iconic that was between six and seven on a scale from one to ten? And about the same for test of time? I, I would have no knowledge of the test of time. I hear it occasionally. but Well, that's what we came up with yesterday. As yeah. a group, yeah. my personal like was nine. That's yeah. how it got in. Ah, yes. yes. That is part of it. Not all of it. And as you've said many times, Scott, you can't argue taste. No. Except David doesn't. Says he, what is your statement? I can't help your no, well, wrong opinion? You no, know, there's nothing I can do to rescue you from having a wrong opinion. Yes. Yes. And that's the way the countdown goes. That's why we love it. Yeah. That's Who's a, next? That's a liner. Uh, <laughs> we got we got Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Ah, uh, gentlemen, you make my Fridays. Thanks, Mark. Got it. Hey, got a um, Ario Speedwagon. Time for me to fly from my high school days. Oh yeah. Time for me to fly. The test of time score on that song has actually grown over time. Yes. It's been included in different things. It was not a big hit. No. Rock Radio played it. You were in top 40 at the time. You didn't play it. I wasn't in top 40 at the time. This one came out. No. Isn't this 78? 77, I believe. When did you start radio? 78. Okay. That summer. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was 12. No, you weren't. I was a teenager. Yes, you were a teenager. Yes. Twelve years into your first radio job. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Here's Tommy Dorsey. (laughs) Fly swing. Now we got Tom and Eugene. Hey, Tom. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah. uh, I was over in Germany, 75 to 77 in the army. And there was a group out of Munich, the Silver Convention. They did Fly, Robin, Fly. fly. Yep. Holy smokes. Great call, Tom. I still see Don Cornelius in a double-breasted suit on Soul Train, introing them. Dude, you remember the KTEL records? Oh, yeah. I know, David, this is... As a millennial, you wouldn't know the yeah. KTEL records. It would be like an album of hits. And I had to get the Sold Out, S-O-U-L-E-D, yeah, and it had this song on it. Yep. I used to play this thing all the time. Remember those compilations, and they had a time limit on them? So yes. some songs, they just dumped them. They just t- dropped a pot on it, and it was like two minutes long now. Exactly. Like yeah. you, What happened to the rest of the right. song? It's gone. You felt ripped off. Yeah, they only had so much space. It's yeah. true. Yes. Right. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Brian in Gresham. Hey, Brian. Hey, gentlemen. Aloha Friday. I like uh, a little bit of avocado on my taco here. Um, yes, sir. So this one's for um, – I'm going to attribute this to uh, Joanne Hardesty coming off a heavy night of gambling at Alane on a mushroom trip. How about I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly? Oh, man. <laughs> I believe I can fly. Wow. That was – Campbell's condensed hot take right there, man. That was was awesome. A bunch of them right there. (laughs) R. Kelly, what a story. Oh, we still haven't gotten to number two yet. No, we have not. Oh, wow. Oh, who's next, David? Uh, Let's talk to Josh in Mill City. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy Friday. 
You too, Josh. What you got, man? So, uh, yeah, I got uh, Learn to Fly by Foo Fighters. Yes. Really good song. That was close, man. That was a big song for them. I couldn't believe it. That was the first song they had that charted at Top 40. No. You should be really proud of that format, Scott. Okay, who's next? Uh, well, we just lost her. Uh, Mary in Delaware was calling for number two, actually. Well, then all credit to Mary. Yeah. We love Mary. Um, and, yeah, this song is a big hit. A really big hit. Number two. Sugar Ray. That song was number one in Top 40 for four weeks and at Modern Rock for six weeks. I don't know about the dozen times. It is a lot of fun. Though. It's one of your favorite groups. It is not. I saw them live. This is how this went. It is your favorite group. Not one no. of them. It is Jamie Martin's favorite group. I said that they were a lot of fun live. I took my wife to the show. And that's it. Stones, Zeppelin, Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Robbins, the trifecta, is top three of the day next. Van Camp and Robert Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, Michael Avenatti is on trial again for stealing money from Stormy Daniels, the porn star who's responsible for his fame because she claimed that she slept with Donald Trump. Yep. Avenatti, of course, became a liberal hero because he spoke truth to power. <laughs> it was pretty obvious the guy was a fraud almost from day one. Except now, CNN said, you know what, you're a credible yeah. threat for the presidency. Right. Well, yeah, he, he's the guy that's going to take down Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you know what, he's a very serious presidential contender. Correct. Well, then he got indicted for shaking down Nike, defrauding previous clients, indicted on two coasts for three different crimes, uh, and also stealing money from Stormy Daniels. He took her book advance. That's what now the U.S. government is 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 uh, is claiming. That's what he's on trial for right now. So yesterday there was a little bit of testimony uh, from an associate of his who talked about how he was so desperate for cash because Stormy Daniels was asking where her book advance money was that he comes into this guy's office crying. I need a loan, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Come on, man. And his buddy says, No bleeping way. I'm not giving you $250,000. <laughs> That's great. Well, he's representing himself, by the way, because he fired his lawyers. And so he's doing the cross-examination of Stormy Daniels, the woman he allegedly ripped off. And some of this back and forth is uh, just kind of embarrassing. For uh, both or for him? Uh, for him. Yeah. Now, there's no audio or video because there's no cameras in this courtroom. But I'll I'll just try to give you the best interpretation I can based on the transcripts that are coming out. Do you want Uh, a soundtrack? Oh, sure. It's up to you. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Avenatti, wasn't it true I was typically nice and respectful to you? 
Stormy Daniels, no, you lied to me. Avenatti, didn't you tell the government I was nice and respectful? Stormy Daniels, I was wrong. Avenatti, move to strike. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you, Avenatti, didn't you tell the New York Times that watching me work was like watching the Sistine Chapel painted? Stormy Daniels said, that's what you told me to say. Oh, man. That's incredible. That's what you told me to say. That's what you told me. You're my lawyer. I was listening to you. Golly. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just such an embarrassment. And I couldn't believe seeing, was it Politico, that had... The big profile, like they're trying to rehab his image or something with that artful picture of him sitting on the roof of an of a halfway house. Yeah. <laughs> like looking off into the sunset. <laughs> and that's where one of the greatest cell phones. I think he's suing the government over this, by the way. But when he was in jail, he asked for reading material. And one of the guards brought him the art of the, art deal, of the deal by Donald yeah. Trump. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like, if that's true, why would you ever admit that? You're in prison for trying to shake down Nike (laughs) in one of the most half-cocked, idiotic ideas you could possibly come up with. And you're like, oh, and by the way, one of these guards completely owned me. Good job. Which is very funny. Well, wasn't he going to be president? Wasn't he? uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like people in the, like, real media, not some... Oh, Brian Stelter. Yeah, Stelter had him pumped up as the president. On CNN, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good Lord. I remember playing that whole piece. It it did not age well. No, it did not. Okay, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's roll, Better get to it, man. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. This is the Scott Robbins highlight of the day. Yeah, it is, really. His three top stories that you need to know. And the help of Count Him Down is his hero, which has been well documented. I'm Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. And I think he's ready, right? I'm ready. Okay, and it starts. Three. Uh, Good news, I guess. Pregnant men emojis are officially here, Scott. Yeah, they are. Uh, That's according to Apple, anyway. The pregnant emoji. Now, you know they're not new. They've been around for a while, but they were uh, September 2021. They were debuted. But Apple's version of the emoji arrived yesterday with the iOS 1.54 beta, a voluntary system update. You can choose to install it. They try to get you to install it. I have an Apple phone. They've asked me several times to install it. I don't really like installing stuff, so I'm going to wait it out. But anyway, the emoji, they say, can also be used as a tongue-in-cheek way to display a food baby or a very full stomach caused by eating a large meal. Both new pregnant emojis, pregnant people and pregnant men, will come in five different skin tones. When selecting an emoji, you, the user, can hold your finger on the icon until it shows a different skin option. Okay. Okay, got all that? Yes. As a woman or any menstruating person in this country. The madness has to stop. I'm waiting for the let's go Brandon emoji. Then I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll get the new update. What would would that look like? Well, is it just I think that, that blank Biden look. 
Like he's just that's when he's lost. at space, he's staring into space, sort of lost yeah. in thought. Look, maybe. Yeah, I like that. And huh? the countdown continues. Maybe he's just slipping, falling two. out of the shower. I don't know. That'd be good too. <laughs> uh, that's much fun. Number two, Los Angeles is giving Super Bowl attendees. Five-layer masks. Yeah, yeah. you want to get busy coordinating your clothes now to match your five-layer mask they're going to hand out five to layers. all attendees at the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they got a big mask, buddy. It's one of the best. It's it's right up there with the best in the business currently. Also, fans who are, are not fully vaccinated, you need to provide a proof of a recent negative test result to enter. If you're going to the game, negative tests must have been taken 24 hours if rapid antigen test or 48 if PCR is required for anyone ages two and older. Anyone not vaccinated that is tested positive for COVID-19 within 90 days will still need to proof of a negative test. Fans arriving to receive a booster dose will be able to enter with proof of their full vaccination status. Then they can get a booster while they're there. Okay, the masks they're going to be handing out. Yeah. Do you see one? What is it? Just five pieces? Is it cloth in there? That's not like N95. It's, it's like it's an just... N95, but it's like a super N95, like looking thing. Okay. I've never seen one of these before, but apparently they're going to have people within the stadium walking around, making sure you keep your mask on. Yeah, I read that. Unless you're eating or drinking. Right. And if you're yes. not, they're going to say, get your mask back on. Yes. Which, of course, you're paying thousands of dollars to travel to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to be told. Of course. Of yes. uh, Yeah, right, exactly. I can't wait till they start hauling fans out. I hope that's on TV. <laughs> we can see these guys, <laughs> you know, well, hammered out of their gourds being pulled out by some guard. Yeah, that's so many fun. fights anyway. Yeah. Could just add to it. That'll be the most watched sporting event on TV that day, no doubt. So, anyway, there you go. All right. It's the Scott Robbins yeah. trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Yeah. And we're... And finally, oh, yeah. Yeah. one. I like this story because I've wondered this. The absolute hatred that vaccinated people have, some, to people who are not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Stupid, selfish, ignorant, dumb, unsafe, foolish. So, they did a survey. Surveys out, a majority of vaccinated people, a 58% report that their word conveys a negative sentiment when they start talking about it. So when we examine this, we dig in a little further on the numbers. We see that people who are vaccinated to the unvaccinated call them safe, sheep, good, dumb, stupid, smart. Only 29% of the unvaccinated report that their word conveys a negative sentiment. (laughs) That's it. So it just goes both ways. So they're saying it's pulling both ways. However, mm-hmm. the judgment comes down harder with the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. Now, my question is this. How do they know? How do they know what? Unless you admit it, that you're unvaccinated. I mean, who, how do they know who to call a sheep or selfish or whatever or unselfish? I'm not sure what the question is. Well, I mean, how, you, how would you know that if, if you want to be virtuous, how would you know that the person you want to be virtuous with is vaccinated or unvaccinated? Unless, of course, you ask them. I mean, in the poll? You know, in, yeah, when you're out in just in the general public. David, answer that question because I'm lost. Like, how do you know who to heap scorn upon? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh Geez, I don't know. You, well, it, depending on where you live, if you're in the District of Columbia right now, right, uh, it's who can get into a restaurant and who can't. I mean, I know vaccinated people love to tell people repeatedly they're vaccinated. Right. 
I mean, I've been through that one before. Okay, if I'm to understand the question, it, most people know those in their family that have been vaccinated and those that haven't. Those that wear masks and those that prefer not to. Uh-huh. So that's where I think the feeling is coming from, like they drive you crazy. Right, but I would say in the general public, even, if you're not masked up and you're in the st- I got yelled at the other day. But yeah, you yelled at a lady that was a cancer patient. Well, I didn't know she was a cancer patient, number one. And number two, I got a letter from somebody or a note the other day saying, hey, you can always order online and pick it up at the curb if you're that freaked out. Right, that's true. By going out to get groceries. Yeah, if you missed the story, as you told it, Scott, you was this lady that was talking to the cashier but loud enough for you to hear well, yeah, because how, you had... how selfish brought, I was and, I, you know, not precautionary brought, and I'm killing people and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've never been accused of killing people before. That was a new one. That you had pulled down your mask yeah, to talk to your mom. Yeah, I was talking to my mother. Yeah, I was trying And to... then you yelled at this lady. Well, I said, hey, if you got something to say, <laughs> say it to me. Don't talk to her. It's not her fault. Poor cashier. She's just here. Yeah, and then it got probably more uncomfortable. Got a little, yeah, I got a little more heated after that, and then it got uncomfortable, and then I ended up telling her I would pray for her. And your mom said, Scott, just calm down. I know. Poor lady. She said, after she said, I don't know who he is. Some guy just brought me in. And there you have it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's yep. the Robbins trifecta. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. You know, on the whole COVID masking vaccination sort of story. Right. I just happened to see at Daily Wire that Fauci is still pretty sure COVID happened naturally. No, he's not. I'm oh, not yeah, joking. he is. Yeah, it was... Uh... Dr. Mark Siegel's um, Sirius XM radio program, I believe. Yes. That, yeah, that Fauci was on and saying, you know, I'm pretty sure it came out naturally. I don't even know how you could possibly say that because, you know, they, they, they've they said that if there was a natural evolution, uh, it would have gone from bats to another animal before making the leap into humans. That's where the whole wet market yeah. thing came from, right? Um they haven't been able to find that intermediary host. No. So it, that seems impossible that you right. wouldn't. Like, what, there's one pangolin in the entire nation of China that just happened to have this one illness. Right. And it just happened to jump to one person, and we've been dealing with this global pandemic. That doesn't make any sense. Not only that. But, okay, tell me if this is right or wrong, David. I thought it was almost settled. I thought so, too. That, oh. yeah, there's really, I mean, incredibly rare chance this happened naturally. Uh, yeah, some of the intelligence uh, uh, outfits in, like, the U.K. and other European countries have said as much. Yeah, that we're, we're going off the assumption that this came out of that lab. The idea of this naturally occurring and we can't find where it came from. That that seems almost impossible. Fauci, quote, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard this. Wow. Uh, most, if not all, of the real card-carrying virologists feel that it was naturally occurring out of the environment from an animal to a human. That's that's just blatantly false. It's like I got in the time machine and went back two years. I know. We also announced this week that kids younger than four will likely have a three-dose COVID-19 vaccine regimen when the FDA approves the vaccine for kids that young. Well, we're going to have a fourth one here pretty soon. So you have that. I know. 
But again, like in Israel, it said the fourth is not going to protect you from Omicron. But this is supposed to be Omicron specific, correct? That's what they're working on. Oh, another one. Yes. Yeah, there's another one. one. Yeah. Yes. And just put an IV drip in me and let me walk around with one of those little (laughs) things with wheels on it. And this just a fun little stat that I happen to see from different surveys. 64% of single Americans would like to date someone British. Surprising? Well, a little bit, but just something different? Is it the accent? Well, nobody's ever called me a wanker before, so. (laughs) (laughs) You don't check your email very often. (laughs) I don't. I I need some good British, you know. (laughs) It's really been an honor for me. Thanks, mate. That was Australian. Bad, bad, bad. (laughs) Okay, Nimrod's in the news and a news update straight ahead. Goodbye. Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, this is fascinating. Making the rounds now. It was changed sometime last year, but the Anti-Defamation League, which says it is uh, fighting hate for good, has changed the definition of racism. And, oh boy, this is a doozy. So it used to be racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn biological characteristics. Racial separatism is the belief most of the time based on racism that different races should remain segregated and apart from one another. Pretty good definition of, of racism, right? That's what most of us think. Yes, agree. The new definition of racism is the marginalization and or oppression of people of color Based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Words matter. People have to fight back. Can't can't allow it. They change the definition of words all the time. Yeah. No. Because people are pointing out you're actually racist if you are for so many of the laws, beliefs of critical race theory. Well, things that exclude other races and only your race is included would, in effect, be racism. Well, and then people of color, does that mean Asian Americans? Because now, according to whichever woke person, well, they're like white people. They have privileges. Oh, wait, what? How does that make sense? Well, there's there's some black people that are white people, according to them. That's true, because they don't believe the right things. Right. So, basically, Nimrods in the News has already started. Pretty much. Okay. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. I don't know if you want to call the Nimrod. You can. The other day, an 84-year-old guy admitted to police he had been driving without a license. Dad. Well, not just on that trip, not even for a couple of years. Uh, he's never had a license. He's been driving for 72 years since he was 12. 
Didn't need no damn license. Uh-uh. Even when he was finally caught, it wasn't for a record traffic infraction. It was technology. His car was flagged by a traffic camera for being unregistered. That's why the cops pulled him over. It's pretty wild. And then, real quick, someone tried to smuggle cocaine. I've never heard this. Through 20,000 coconuts. Wow. Caught. Arrested. And that's Nimrod's in the news.